0: Reggae Uprising, with your host, Daniil.
1: Greetings Reggae Uprising podcast family and welcome to another episode. Now if you are fresh and new to Reggae Uprising podcast, it is all about connecting people of the African diaspora through wisdom, overstanding, inspirational stories all backed by a soundtrack of sweet reggae music. So each and every Wednesday, we feature a new guest who shares their wisdom, their journey, their works alongside seven reggae selections. Now, like I said, if you are fresh and new to Reggae Up Rising podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening to Reggae Up Rising podcast. However, if you are a long time listener of Reggae Up Rising podcast, more love to you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to everybody that shares these works. Thank you for your beautiful comments. I really, really do appreciate all of the love that you all send me each and every week. So for those of you that don't know, Reggae Uprising podcast has well over 120 episodes. So if it's not a Wednesday and you're like, you know what, I just need some positivity in my life. Go and reach for one of those previous episodes. Get that upliftment, get those high vibrations from our guests, from the reggae music. Yeah, make it brighten up your day so you can keep on with your own works. And be inspired. This is what this podcast is all about. Now, if you are one of those listeners that have been tuning in from day one and you're like, well, I've already listened to a, over 120 episodes, I'm all up to date, then don't worry. There's something else that you can do. So you can go to daniel.co.uk. So that's D A N I E A L.co.uk. Because as well as being the host of Reggae Rising podcast, I am also a singer-songwriter of Conscious Works as well. So if you go to daniel.co.uk, you will also be able to find all of my original music, you'll be able to find the official music videos, you'll be able to find previous shows. So you'll be able to get the visuals of previous shows that I've done where Reggae Uprising podcast came from. So Reggae Uprising podcast came from Reggae Uprising, which is a weekly show that I did every Monday to take away people's Monday blues. So that featured some well-known reggae covers that I did. Also, I sang some reggae music, in different languages There's so much reggae music there um, There's also High Vibes Friday as well High Vibes Friday is that something that came out of all the lockdowns that happened There's so many different series So many different shows that you can find at Reggae Rising Podcast You can also find this podcast there What else can you find there? There's just a whole heap of reggae music, high vibrations. You can also find out when my latest performances are. So if you want to see me live, you can come chat to me. We can come reason, all them things there. If, however, you just want to get in touch with me, you can also get in touch with me there via the contact page. So if you go to daniel.co.uk and go to the contact page, get in touch with me there. If you would like to maybe feature in an up-and-coming reggae uprising podcast episode maybe you'd like to collaborate with me in some music capacity or maybe there's a project that you're working on that you feel is really powerful within our community and you want me involved please please to get involved via denil.co.uk via the contact page alternatively you can also find all of my social media on the homepage of denil.co.uk so that's d-a-n-i-e al.co.uk. The link is also in the description for this episode. So already this year we've had some great guests on Reggae Uprising podcast alongside our special episodes. We celebrated Bob Marley 77 7 Strong. We also had our Inspiration Nation episodes. We had the Life and Times of Covid episodes where we featured a brother or sister from different parts of the diaspora. We had a guest from the UK, Jamaica, Ethiopia and the US and they shared their experiences and the experiences of brothers and sisters in that specific country over the past two years. And then most recently we featured our ancestral series where we focused on honouring our ancestors, uplifting our ancestors through Four different episodes where we focused on a different subject to do with our ancestors each week. They are really, really powerful episodes and I've had so much great feedback from them. It it only just started off as the one and the one episode that was going to be focused just on honouring our ancestors. But we had so much great feedback from that episode that we ended up doing four different episodes. So if you haven't already checked that out, please check that out as well. So as you can tell from last week's episode, we've gone back to our regular format where we're featuring our guests again and we're focused throughout the summer on our artists. So we want to big up and uplift our reggae artists, uplift those high vibrations, uplift those original works and um, support these great artists. This is what Reggae Uprising podcast is all about. So all throughout the summer, our guests are just purely going to be artists yeah which you can tell from last week's episode please check out that episode if you haven't already but I think it's about time we got into today's episode and the first selection selected by this week's guest is Ambush in the Night by Bob Marley.
2: They say what we know.
1: This week's guest is artist and owner of record label Starlight Entertainment Enterprise and Media Inc. I would like to welcome LaSalle's greetings and welcome.
3: Well, greetings to you as well. And I thank you for having me. Looking forward to speaking with you.
1: You're more than welcome, brother. Can you tell us before we get into this interview... What was the reason for that first selection that we just heard?
3: Um, the, there's a message. There's a message in, in, in the music. And as we all know, um, you know, Bob is um, one of the most prolific writers um, that we've come across in, in our lifetime, I think. And so from that song, there are certain, certain message that I extract from that song. And the message really resonates with the way our, um, our system is designed. And I think I can probably extract something from that. Um, as he states, you know, one part of it says, you know, they say what we know is only what they teach us. And we are so ignorant that every time they can reach us. And basically, um, it, it, that's telling us that we have been conditioned not to think for ourselves Um, and we rely on others to kind of think for us. And, you know, when we start kind of utilising the brain, the mindset that God gave us, then we're better off as a people.
1: Most definitely. Most definitely. Now, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of the guests that feature here at Reggae Uprising podcast as this show is all about connecting people of the African diaspora can you tell us about your heritage
3: I'm Jamaica um, I am I'm, I'm full-blooded Jamaican um, but I left I left the island um, in the early 70s and uh, moved to Toronto Canada and spent several years um play you know, dabbled in the in the entertainment business as well while I was there um, in Toronto. And then I moved to the state, to, um, United States. And um, here I am in, in in Florida at the moment. Um, but yes, my heritage is solid. Um, I have some uh, maroon blood ties in me as well. But uh, that's who I am
1: can you can you dive a little bit deeper um for us in terms of your maroon heritage? can you tell us what you know about that and um yeah just just go a little bit deeper for us
3: what what I know um, about what my mom really told us as kids growing up about the maroon connection that she has and she was really um when you see my mom you know you you, you see that you look it's like you're looking at nanny that we've We've all went to school and read about and learned about growing up, um, but uh, the the heritage there with the Maroon is their their fierceness in in defending their rights as a people um, is still going on to the in in you know in the island, um, and 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 so with that the way I saw my mom. Um, and I've 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 raised in an environment where my mom was very spiritual in in, in, in her own right, and but the things that I um, witness um, with my mom, it, it, it definitely solidifies the fact that she is indeed um, closely connected to the Maroons, um, based on her spirituality. She I, I consider my mom a discerner, um, a woman who was able to see things prior to them happening it was kind of strange and, 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 and somewhat um, scary to know that a person has that ability, um, but was never really, never really known um, within the island, It's was within our family and close surrounding areas, but my mom was highly spiritual in that respect. So I connected that to the Maroon um, heritage. Um, in, in the way I learned about um, Nani and her two brothers, Kwashi and Kojo, back in the day, how they really liberated um, themselves by fighting the English um, and um, got freedom for the people. So, you know, with myself, I, I, I think the 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 path that I have chosen in terms of my musical um, career and the thought processes that I have, I, I, I also tie that in with, you know, being the son of my mom and my dad as well. But she is she's she's the that I really um, attributed most of my gift to. Um, so hopefully that answers the question.
1: When did you be- become aware of your mother's spirituality? Was it um, that she had a knowing of a certain situation? It was a very young age. It
3: was a very young age. I mean, like I said, my mom was highly spiritual in the church. Um, and I was also raised in the church environment. But growing up as a, as a, as a young um, a young boy, um, I, I'd probably say at the age, maybe at about 9, 10, my mom was, was a person that um, we would all go to bed uh, at night, and um, maybe two, three o'clock in the morning, she would wake up um, in her spiritual uh, self, speaking in the tongues, and she would head out the door, and she would literally walk through the village, and she would be preaching, or as we would say then, would she would be warning of something that she had a vision of, um, and she would walk, we would have to follow her through the village, um, you know, with lights um, to make sure that, you know, she was safe. But if she stops at a person's gate, if she, if my mom stopped at a gate and started just just speaking um, spiritually, something is going to happen either in that house or at the gate, um, and I've witnessed that myself. Um, and that just, that's just one of many things that I have, you know, as a kid, I grew up and, and, and witnessed with my mom. She was highly spiritual uh, and connected, I believe.
1: And apart from your musical gift, what do you believe um, that your mother, the gift that your mother has passed on to you in terms of spirituality? Are there any things that she told you that resonated with you? Are there any phrases that she gave you that have kind of served you in life? What other gifts do you believe that she has passed on to you through the Maroon Ancestry? Um, that's
3: a beautiful question. Um, I, I tell you this. Um, at a young age... When I turned, I remember when I turned 12, she was always reading scripture to me. When I remember turning 12, she started reading the book of Proverbs, um, which was just completely full of knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And there was one part I'll never forget. And she said, son, take my words and tie it around your neck. Basically, is is take the wisdom, take the understanding, wrap it around your neck. Never let it leave you or never leave that alone. It's just be with that for as long as you live. So knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is something that my mom always, always instilled in myself and, the, you know, the rest of us as, as, as siblings as well. But I think I gravitated to it, um, you know, a lot. And um, I it became part of me became a very strong part of me. Uh, her love for humanity. Um, and you know that wisdom basically is, is utilized throughout my years um, living among people, um, loving humanity for what we are, and try to do my best to to contribute to the improvement of my fellow men. My music literally speaks um, in that realm as to how i think what i believe in
1: and just out of interest brother are there any um family members that you're aware of that seem to have maybe not exactly the same but in a a different manifestation um the vision that your mother had um
3: i think to be honest with you all of us in our own rights um has a little bit of mom in us um i have an older sister who's also a pastor and um she has she has that gift um my sister that i follow margarita um she also you know demonstrate some of those gifts um i think all of us in, in in our own rights um behave in a manner that um pleases my mom because it's a little it's a little, little piece of her. Each one of us has a little piece of her. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away last October at the age of 95. but what she left, the legacy she left with us um, will live forever through us.
1: Of course, brother, of course of course she sounds like a profound and insightful and beautiful soul, most definitely. Um Thank you. No, you're more than welcome. Another thing that I wanted to touch on before we get on to another one of your selections is what reminds you, you know, like the dishes that she would cook when you were younger, what was the dish you maybe you came home from school school and or maybe it was um a special day and it you could just smell it and you'd be like, Oh mum's cooking that dish. What was what kind of <laughs> remind you of her, reminds you of home and makes you just feel all warm inside? What is that dish for you?
3: It's 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 the simplest of dish. To be honest with you, it's when it's when there was really not much in the house in terms of provision to cook, and she would go into the garden and she would cut a little bit of kalalu, and she would pick some susumba. I don't know if you are aware of what susumba is, but. She would just make some Nick snack and put it together and, and, and then cook it down in, in, in you know, coconut uh, juice, coconut milk, and we would call it custard at that time. Um, and, and, and those simple dishes, it was not extravagant, but they were tasty, tasty absolutely tasty and and like you said walking in from school you can smell it a mile away you just know that you have something palatable going to eat when you get home
1: for the Um, for the listeners that don't know can you tell them what susumba is
3: is 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 a is a I, i think it's a it's a um it's it's a i'd say a vegetable it's grown on a tree it's a little little ball um, like it it, it, it similar to I'd say it, it grows like grape, but not on a vine. It's on a tree. Just little round. They're kind of bittersweet um, fruit, but you, you cook it. It has little seeds on the inside, um, but very tasty, especially when you cook that with some codfish and some callaloo. or you just mix it with. Butter beans, stuff like that. But yeah, that's what that is.
1: Okay, and you know, if, you, if there's a family gathering, there's a party, and everyone's bringing a dish. Are you a cook? Is there a signature dish that you get asked to bring? Because you know, everybody has their dish that they cook the best. Do you? What What is your one?
3: Um. Well, to be honest with you, I never, I never, um, find myself in that. Back then, um, as, as I stated, I, I, I left Jamaica way back in my teens, um, so there wasn't really much of a kind of a potluck type feast. But um, my my dad's side of the family, we used to gather once a year where the the his family originated in uh, Upper Clarendon, cause Grandtown, a place called Grandtown. And uh, the family would basically just gather around um, the the old barren ground, so to speak, and we would go there and you know weed the barren ground. I mean, I never participated because I was I was a kid, but I remember the older generation used to do that. And they would cook and just have a feast before we all dispersed and go back to where where we live. Um, that I remember.
1: We're going to move on to your next selection which is Black Libera- Liberation by Dennis Brown. Can you tell us why you chose this selection please?
3: That that means that means a lot to me in terms of um and it's a song that when I'm on stage performing that song has to be part of you know my my selections, my repertoire. That song Black Liberation uh, listen to the content of that song, you know. It 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 resonates in terms of we as a people um, needs to be liberated, but it has to start within the mind. And oftentimes, you know, is you don't have a preacher preaching to you, you don't have a teacher telling you these things. Sometimes the message is in the song, and if you listen to these songs and listen to the songs outside of the rhythm. You know that it that is behind the lyrics if you listen to the lyrical content of these songs it is telling you where you are and what you need to do to get to where you want to go black liberation to me speaks volume um in terms of
1: you know the content here we go with black liberation by dennis brown i'm sure my days will be long
4: and my nights will be few. Visions that's in me I can see clearly
1: About the dishes within your household, can you give us an insight into the vibrations, the type of music, the artists that were played in your household while you're growing up?
3: Um, well, growing up was primarily listening to the radio, um, and so back then you were either on JDC Radio Station or RJR Radio Station. Um, and the, the the songs that 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 were being played, we were kind of sort of forced to listen to it. But they were there were songs back then that were um, again, there were more fun. There were inspiring. There were messages in those songs that um, I I gravitated to quite a bit of those songs back then and the artists. Um, the the style of, of, of how these artists would formulate their their lyrics. Now, one of the things I think I for me is lyrics speaks more to me than the rhythm itself, as I just previously stated. Uh, and so, a lot of these songs, um, the messages just resonate. There, are, you know, back then you had the Heptones, um, you have Ken Booth, uh, Ken Booth, you had. Um, you know, um, the Jamaicans, the gay lads, that, you know, the Blues Busters, one of my favorite group, uh, a duet. Those guys actually had moved away and lived in England for a while, but the Blues Busters were one of my favorite um, group. Uh, and again, just songs, songs that speaks more about unity and love and caring for each other, and, and the fun songs that actually came along as well. It just, it created a, a, an atmosphere of happiness within our environment, whether it's my home or the neighbor's home, or you being on the street. There was something different then of the music that was being created and that was being played on here, um, that that caused us as, as youth back then to to grow and and oftentimes you know patternize um, or pattern ourselves according to the the kind of songs or music we were listening to.
1: So taking it back to school, what was school like for you? What um, what school experiences would you say elevated you, and what would you say tested you when you were at school? <laughs> um.
3: What elevated me um, at at a very young age is, you know, we'd walk probably, um, if not a mile, maybe a a 3 quarter of a mile. We would walk to school. Um, We would walk back home for lunch and then walk back to school in the sun. And sometimes you get to school late. Because when you when you get home, you have to move the goat. Or you have to go give the goat water. So by the time you get back to school, you're late. And if you're late, sometimes you get a flogging. The teacher would, would use a cane and give you maybe two in your, in the palm of your hand because you're late for school. Those were, I think, the days that it, 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 it helped to develop me in understanding struggles, hardship, um, and knowing... Knowing that in the end, the things that are our foundation should actually catapult us into being better than, um, we don't, we don't, I don't remember ever using, you know, walking a mile, um, to and from school as an excuse not to go to school. It challenged us to be, to make use of that time. Um, the the things that I would say um, drove some fear um, into school back then at a young age. Um, after every, well, not after, during um, summer break, there were there were not gangs, but guys, kids that lived in different areas, and during summer break there would be some rivalry going on between the folks that lives in my community and the folks that lives, you know, outside of our community in another area of, of, of the parish. Um and there would be stone fights or fist fights and, and it was kinda like getting away from the guys that um messed with you while you were in school or there were friction during school year. Now now it's the end of school year, there's there's gonna be a little it kind of felt like a tribal wash, sort of thing. Um, that was a little fearful for me because I was, I was young. I, I, I didn't participate, couldn't participate. But if you're in the area, you probably would get your head boss <laughs> with a stone. Um, so those things kind of stayed with me um, as a learning experience in terms of our development.
1: We are going to move on to your next selection, which is "Many Rivers to Cross" by Jimmy Cliff. Can you tell us why you chose this selection?
3: <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, again, lyrically, um, I, I I watched "The Harder They Come." First time I heard that song, I watched "The Harder They Come," his movie actually. And when I heard that song, I was I was, it, I was literally spellbound, just listening, you know, to the song itself and what he was saying, many rivers to cross, you know, um, and as, as, as if using that, that line as, as, as I've developed into, into manhood, I, I, I can more relate now, even though it was, it it resonated then, but I can relate to it now in terms of many rivers to cross. But I just can't seem to find my way over. Um, Oftentimes in life, in our life here, we are confronted with challenges, obstacles, um, you know, roadblocks. And if we allow ourselves to be stopped by those obstacles or roadblocks, we'll never find our way. So, in a sense, there is always a way. I've always said, you know, in in my communication with with speaking with folks, is I see a wall, but I don't see the wall hindering me from going through the wall, going around the wall, or going over the wall, or breaking it down. It, it's 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 your 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 challenges are opportunities. Your challenges are there to create strength, and so. Crossing the river—it's it, not—it's not a literal sense that you know it's many rivers to cross. It's—it's it's, just—it's an example that we can utilize and 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 be better at what we do to get to where we need to be. Um, that's my song. That's 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 one of my favorite songs.
1: Here we go with "Many Rivers to Cross" by Jimmy Cliff. May- us about your journey after school what works that you um went into the other interests in your life apart from music what kind of works did you go into after school
3: after school um there was um there was uh, a gentleman in our neighborhood who was a tailor um and after school i would uh another friend of mine and myself um david um, we used to go to his house and um, learn the trade. Um, and after a while, um, you know, we kind of went our separate ways. But that was something that I was I was interested in and interested in, in doing, being a tailor. Um, learned quite a bit about it, but never got to the point where I couldn't make something. But I learned how to iron my own shirt and my own pants and my clothes for school. And at that point, um, my mom or my sisters could never touch or iron my clothes for me because I thought I knew better um, than them. Um, That was one aspect. Um, I also played a lot of soccer, a lot of football back in my days. Um, And during, um, during that time, the the soccer that, that we played brought us into where we became a very prominent um soccer club um called Humble Lion, um which is still playing um national soccer um back in Jamaica. Um so we we there's some things that we did, um, you know, just going to the river, trying to, you know, um do some fishing. Um, I love the gardening. Um, I would go home and I would just basically, um, you know, tend to my garden, whether it's um, food, gardening, or um, just beautification of the home. Um, I get a kick out of doing that, um, planting, um, you know, roses, flowers, crotons, and just beautify the, the yard with my handiwork
1: we are gonna move on to your next selection which is black golden green by Ken booth can you tell us why you chose this selection
3: again um, growing up um you know and started going to the dance hall um, in my early teens uh, first time I heard that song um, I, I get you know I'm gonna be a little redundant in terms of my take of music lyrics has a lot to do with um my take of music um, and so listening to black, gold, and green it was it was when you hear that that message in the song it was he's telling us about a place, a place where we could find that peace, that joy um and that place is is Africa, really. Um, as a people, he was—it's—it's it's kind of like a blueprint as to how to find that peace of mind. Um, if we—if we as a people unite as one and put our thoughts together, um, even if we don't physically go back to Africa, we can build that mental positivity and live according to with that oneness. Um, and, 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 and create that, that, that Africa in our minds as a people and still find that freedom. Ultimately, the song is more like traveling to Africa. And I'm saying even if we, even if we can't or couldn't, we could still create that process in our head, in our mind, and live
1: one to
5: another with love.
1: Here we go with Black, Gold and Green by Ken Booth.
5: There is a land of pure beauty Where blessing awaits for us all And if your heart is clean I know you will redeem In the land of the black, gold and green It is a land that is holy, the holiest land you'll ever see. And if we unite as one, I know we can understand about the land of the black, gold, and green.
1: Now, what instigated your move to the U.S.?
3: Um, well, um, I moved to Toronto, um, back in the 70s, mid-70s, 76, I think. I moved to Toronto, um, because my family, everybody was already there, um, and just about everybody that was already there, instead sort of myself and my sister, and then moved to Toronto, and, um... You know, most most of us, if not all of us, that left Jamaica didn't abandon the country in the sense that it's not a place to live. It's economics. Economical reasons caused us to leave. Nobody leaves paradise for no reason. And I think Jamaica is a land of paradise um, in it, within itself as a country. But leaving was more on an economical level. Um, and the fact that, you know, all the family members left, um, and when I went, I continued my music, um, and, um, did quite a few, um, you know, stints in Toronto. Um, as, as you can see my, in my bio, um, prior to leaving, uh, I had a group, um, and, um we did we did uh, one recording actually in Jamaica at the time and then we did a lot of shows uh, and then when i when i went to toronto i continued the process of just writing and 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 associating myself with you know better musicians than myself better you know artists than myself and learned as i go in the process and then um, stayed in toronto for many years and moved to state um early 90s so i'm here in florida since then.
1: So what would you say are the three main differences between the Jamaican music industry and the U.S. music industry?
3: Um, and this is just my perspective. The, the Jamaican um, music industry, um, it's, it, there is a, a limitation in terms of the artist, um, their their level of of exposure. Um, it's to me, it's like the 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 limitation they put on themselves in terms of. And, and there are two aspects to that. The, the the limitation they put on themselves in terms of um, writing. Um, to me, it's like they write for themselves and not on an international level. A few artists have stepped out of that realm and, and, and write to to where they're understood outside of um, the, the Jamaican um, community. And... Um, at the same time, is is the American, um, in terms of reggae, and I'm hoping that you're saying the reggae fraternity here, as opposed to Jamaica. The the, the American um, reggae fraternity is is again there is a, to me, a restriction. As to how far we can go into the mainstream, because you don't have you don't have radio stations here that's playing, and I'm I'm talking mainline radio station that plays reggae music um, within its 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 capacity to do so. Um, you have you have um, Caribbean um, disc jockeys that. Are doing their thing from an online basis as opposed to the mainline radio stations. You you don't have that. You you you. It's 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 pretty limited. Um, outside, you hear a, a mainline radio station playing a Bob Marley, um, or maybe a Shaggy, um, but they're they're selective in, in how they play our music. So, to me, something has to be um, something has to be done for us to 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 kind of infiltrate that main line and we are not doing a good of a job from the from a the Jamaica standpoint that we, I think it starts there because that's the headquarters of regular music, and we're not doing as good of a job. and I don't know if I would say the government isn't helping in making that cultural Differences, because reggae is part of our culture, and I think the government need to capitalise more on that opportunity to use it as as, as an avenue to help the artists in in Jamaica. Um, you know, excel. The, it, it's it's. I read an article once where someone, an, another artist, said, um, "Our artists in Jamaica don't create music that will pass the airport." it just it, it's just you just create music for your own people. And if we're entertainers, and I don't like to use the word entertainers, um, because I, I, I write more for an inspirational purpose. Um, I'm not so much of an entertainer. But speaking wise, um, if you're speaking as an, if you're writing as an entertainer, you singing as an entertainer, you should be considering um, crossing boundaries and barriers. Uh, and 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 not just for the people in front of you. That's just my take.
1: We are going to move on to your next selection, which is "Ain't That Loving You" by Dennis Brown. Can you tell us why you chose this selection?
3: <laughs> um, "Ain't That Loving You." Uh, when I was when I was uh, growing up, I used to after college, I, my friend and I used to stop at a at a dread house and you know enjoy yourself with some some good music among other things and um that song stuck with me we used to be um listening i used to listen to more of the alton ellis version until dennis brown um really did it back in the days you used to hear a lot of songs and you 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 would be thinking that these guys are some some wicked writers and again i'm always focused on the lyric um, I used to think that that was uh, an original from Alton Ellis. Um, and then Dee Brown did it. And then in my research, um, I, I <laughs> came across Lural's. And Lural's version was just so, so refined. And so knowing Lural's vocal. Um, and it captured me but i've always i've always found a passion for that song ain't that loving you you think i love you for just one thing that, that's 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 the beginning of the song but you know you need to understand as the opposite sex that i don't just love you for just one thing i love you for different things you know just the way you carry yourself you know the way you you wear your hair um it's 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 profound because in in our society today there's there's a physical attraction, and there is this spiritual and emotional attraction, and that's speaking more towards the spiritual and emotional attraction that's that's my take.
1: Here we go with "Ain't That Loving You" by Dennis Brown. Now you've spoken a lot about how important lyrics are to you, and obviously, Um, Lyrics being part of the writing of a song, of creating a song. Um, Can you tell us about your most memorable studio session?
3: My most memorable studio session? One of the first songs um, that I wrote. Um, uh, Wow. (laughs) One of the first songs I I wrote called Created for a Reason. That was a song, um, it, it, it originated out of just being at rehearsal and we're just jamming. And as the musicians were playing, uh, words just came to me and I started singing. And I, to be honest with you, I, it, I, didn't, I didn't sit and write songs. And, and, and I'm known to write that way is, or to sing that way or to create songs that way. I hear a rhythm and I'll, I'll just open my mouth and, you know, the lyrics will flow. Created for a reason. Um, when we recorded that song, I could feel the essence of what the content of that song um, was saying in the room. And every musician's. Um, that I was in the studio with just basically felt the same vibe. You know, I was created for a reason. I was put here for a purpose and I know why, you know, um, and then, you know, the rest, the rest of the content, you know, it it, it speaks for itself. I got to help my brothers along the way. I got to help my sisters in distress. To me, I, I, when I, when I speak of that song, I, I'll tell folks that that song is the window to my mind and the person that I, I am, how I think, what I believe in, is that as, as, as people, as humanity, we're here, even though we might not be from the same parent, but we are all interconnected and we have a responsibility one to another to help, to help. Um, our brothers and sisters. Um, and so that's that's one of my most memorable recordings.
1: So, this wasn't the next selection that I was going to play because we were going to leave your works till the end. But now I've just had that, you know, that, that great story about um, Created for a Reason. We are now going to play that tune. So, here we go with your works, Created for a Reason.
5: Created for a reason I was put here for a purpose See that man, he's wandering down the streets, yeah. See that lady, she's stretching out her hands. She's got nothing to eat, nowhere to go. No place to sleep, and that's a shame.
1: artist yourself, you've been in the music industry, you've got the experience um, of being an artist in different countries as well, you have that that insight and that knowledge what are the artists that um, you would recommend to the listeners, the up and coming artists that people should be watching out and listening out for and supporting in your opinion?
2: Oh
3: one, there's one artist that um, I, I, I gravitated to when I heard the song. Um, the song, um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the title of the song, but it's Chronics. and he, he was talking about he was he, he was he he wrote about about Jamaica as if he was writing a love story about a woman, but the content of that is about our country. And the way he penned that song, um, it just, to me, it tells as to the direction that he as an artist is heading in. Um, And the people that I think he surrounds himself with, I don't really know who that about... um, Association. I just know that what I what I heard from him musically, um, it's 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 it speaks speaks volume. There's another artist that I like, and he's he's, he's um, a part of the Marley um, family, um, Stephen Marley. Um, I think that his his penmanship, is 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 musical skills. Um, To me, it's kind of like I'm listening to Bob when I listen to Stephen. Very poetic. um, Very masterful in his delivery. Um, Those are two artists that stands to mind um, that, uh, that I would say recommend listening to Kofi is 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 a new artist and she has made her mark you know first first out of the box and she won a Grammy. Um, she's different she she has taken the music to a different level um, so again versatility is the name of the game uh, and and I, I think these artists are artists that uh, will help to to um, enhance. Uh, and, and, and help the music to, to, to cross borders, to be honest with you. So, yeah.
1: We're going to move on to your next selection, which is Why Can't I Touch You by John Holt. Can you tell us why you chose this selection?
2: <laughs> um,
3: anyone listening to that song would probably just think that the writer, um, again, um, was just writing a song. And 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 putting words together, but it's the meaning of what is being said. And and, and I love a storytelling in a song or in 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 the poetry or you know, I just love storytelling. What I've gotten out of that is, and it's very profound, to be honest. Um, if you let me make love to you, then why can't I touch you? That's I stop right there. The rest of it is is kind of sort of self-explanatory, because if you're making love with someone, you're physically touching that person. But so why the question? Um, the question then why can't I touch you? So that that that's that's deeper than just just the surface of of hearing him say that. What is he saying? What is that question? So I think I just probably just leave that there for folks to figure that out. But let me let me say this. If I'm touching you physically, making love to you, and I'm asking you, why can't I touch you? Something is missing from that relationship. Because emotionally, you're not allowing me to touch you. I'm not feeling your soul. I'm not feeling your, your, your heart. I'm not feeling your love. So it's kind of just a physical thing as opposed to the emotional thing. That, to me, speaks volume to a writer's ability to ask a question like that in a song.
1: Here we go with Why Can't I Touch You by John Holt.
4: You think I love you for just one thing To you I love it may be the way it seems
1: What do you feel that reggae music offers the next generation that other genres of music don't?
3: Um, reggae music, the 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 heart and soul of reggae music, is inspiring. Um, it is it is a vehicle in which the artists talk about their, 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 their story. And even not, if, if it's not their story is the story of others or the story of the, the, the environment around them. Reggae music, which is one of the concerns that I have in terms of us kind of sort of not maintaining the integrity of what reggae music is. And, kind of falling into more hype than message. Um, and if, I think if we get back to the basic, um, I know change is inevitable. And, and, but we don't have to change to where we water down reggae music simply because we want to be accepted in the mainstream. We can still maintain the integrity of the music and deliver the message. Deliver the message that is needed, not just in Jamaica, but globally. And I'll use the example of Bob. Bob has been out of commission for many years. Today, his music is still playing. Why? It's the messages that is within his music that resonate to people on a global scale. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of writing. Writing to where um, you're creating long-lasting love, admiration for your music. Um, that's what I think
1: Right, we're going to move on to your final selection out of your seven selections, we've still got a couple of your own works to hear after that but this is the final one out of your seven selections, which is Ready for Love by India Irie, can you tell us why you chose this selection? Oh
3: gosh Um, I fell in love with that song the first time I heard it um, I fell in love with the song because of, uh, again, the question, you know, um, I, um, I'm telling you something, um, and I'm asking something at the same time. I am ready for love. You know, but why are you hiding from me? Um, you know, you've brought me to this stage. you know, you've, 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 you've pursued me. You you've brought me to the stage, you know, to where I have accepted your pursuit already, but, you know, you're hiding from me. Um, <laughs> I fell in love with that song to the point where I actually did cover that song. And it will be my next release after this, Stop the violence. So, um, yeah.
1: Powerful song. Here we go with Ready for Love by India Irie. I am
0: ready for love All of the joy and the pain And all the time that it takes Just to stay Your they say watch what you ask for cause you might receive But if you ask me tomorrow I'll say the same thing I'm ready for love
1: We are going to hear another one of your works which is entitled Lives in the Balance. Can you tell us about this work and introduce it?
3: Um, Lives in the Balance. 1995, I bought a cassette um, recordings of Third World. I was living in New York at the time. And it was, um, I think the cassette was uh, of the album, I'm um, Committed. And as I was playing that, that that album on the cassette, I got stuck on large in the balance. I thought it was an original third world song. Um, and I pledged to myself that one day I would cover it. And how I found out that it was not their original, I was watching... Um, a television um, movie one night, and it was about the Iran Contra affair back in the day with Oliver North and Ronald Reagan and the Nicaraguan um, uh, Sandinistas that were smuggling, um, I think it was um, drugs for money um, back in the day, and the the, the movie was about that, um, and. At the end of the movie, the soundtrack started to play. And the soundtrack was Lives in the Balance. And the author of that song, the writer of that song, is a white dude. Um, It was more, he he was back in the D, kind of like a hippie style writer. Um, And When I I listen to the song and I'm saying, so it's not really third world song. I still wanted to cover it. But again, I'm going to go back to content. And if you listen to that song, you know, I've been waiting for something to happen for a week or a month or a year with the blood in the ink of the headlines. (laughs) You listen to that... The, the way those the, those words were put together and the sound of the crowd in my ear. You might ask what it takes to remember <laughs> when you know that you've seen it before, where the government lies to a people and a country is drifting to war. And then I, 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 I won't take away much more from that, but those, those are some powerful, powerful lyrics. And it was it was all about what was going on back then with the Iran-Contra affair, with um, the guns the drugs in the United
5: States. Powerful song. I've been waiting for something to happen For a week or a month or a year With the blood in the ink of the headlines And the sound of the crowd in my ears you might ask what it takes to remember, when you know that you've seen it before. We're a government last to a people, and the country is drifting to war. There's a shadow on the faces of the men who send the guns. To the wars that are fought in places where their business interests run. On the radio, talk show, on TV You hear one thing again and again Other UN stands for freedom And they come to the aid of a friend But who are the ones that we call our friends These governments killing their own Or the people who finally can't take anymore So they pick up a gun, a brick or a stone There lies in the balance there are people on the fire, there are children on the cannons, there is blood on the water. The shadow on the faces of the men who find the flames of the wars that are fought in places I can't even say their names. They'll sell us our leaders the same way. They sell us the clothes and the cars. They sell us everything from youth to religion. The same way they sell us the wars. I wanna know. Those men in the shadows are. I wanna hear somebody asking them why they can be counted on to tell us who our enemies are, but they're never the ones to fight or to die. Their lives in the balance. There are people on the fire, there are children on the penis. The... If
1: you could work with any five artists, who would they be and why?
3: Any five artists.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm. I think one of the five, the first of the five, would be Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff is um he is a powerful writer, a powerful artist very humble, um, extremely humble. And I think the way he is, I could learn a lot from him, in terms of why he maintained his humility, um, as he has over the years. And he is, he is a very powerful artist, in a sense. Knowing where he came from and knowing what he has accomplished over the years, um, second artist would be Burning Spear. Um, the longevity of his his career. Um, I came out of uh, musically. I came out of the era when he came to prominence, and I. I learned a lot through his style that, that's, that, you know, it was just, it wasn't just him. It was the burning Spear was three, three artists together. And then they went their separate ways. Um, the burning Spear, to me is, is, is messages again, is, is all about trying to unify his people, but it, it's not limited to just his people. He's, he's, he's more on a, on a, on a global scale where unity is concerned. Um, I love Winston Rodney, I love, I love Bernard Spear, uh, music and his style, and his artistry on stage. Um, Freda McGregor is is another artist that um, I admire um, in terms of again, his longevity is uh, the the um, messages in his music and and, and the humility with, with, with him as well as an artist um, I, I, I did an interview in, in in 95 I was in Jamaica on um, I think it was JBC with Linda De La Pena and um, Faye Ellington I did a morning time interview and um, I was Faye Ellington asked Linda De La Pena who I look like I've always been told that I look like Freddie so Freddie is one of my favorite artists um, obviously, uh, D. Brown, is not here, but I would have loved to, you know, work with D Brown. Um, and he is, um, he's my idol. He's the person that I've always been, um, told that I sound like, um, so D Brown stands out as one of those artists. And then um, one more would be um, a current artist that is that is really, to me, has taken um, taken on a responsibility of being a good ambassador of the music. And I and I don't want to even sound biased because there there are other artists that I would like to um, I would love to associate myself with as well. But Shaggy has made a name for himself, uh, and I like the way he's done it um, clean. Um, Again, on a global scale, um, you know, my, I kind of like the fact that artists that my, my kids or my grandkids can listen to um, their song or even repeat the lyrics of their songs. Um, that's where you know, my head is, and that's why I choose those
1: artists. Can you please tell our listeners about any up and coming releases from you that they can look out for, and also where to find you and support your works?
5: Um, my latest
3: release is "Stop the Violence." "Stop the Violence" is uh, um, for me is is an entry back into the music scene because I've been dormant for a little bit, you know, focusing on career and family. And um, I kind of laid low for a little bit uh, and, and still writing, still spending time in the studio. But um, finally decided to release Stop the Violence. Um, there are too many negative um, messages or issues coming out of Jamaica. Uh, and and I think that that song is, um, is appropriate for the time. And hopefully we can utilize the opportunity to to channel the, the lyrics of that song so that my brothers and sisters who are, you know, indulging themselves or who have indulged themselves in that negative arena, that that song would somewhat um, uplift, help to change their outlook and, and make a difference. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Anything upcoming? My EP is coming out um, October, fall of this year. Uh, that will be um, that will be part of my EP. That, that that track is is a single from the EP. Um, there's also another track that was uh, released from the EP called "Touch Me," um, and then as I said previously, "Ready for Love." originated by India Re will be coming out within the next couple of months, going to be a song that I I think anyone who listens to and hear it will gravitate to. Um, The EP is going to be off the chain in terms of, you know, lyrics, in terms of uh, vocal content um, or lyrical content, music. It's just, to me... um, I'm looking forward to this EP being released and so that I can uh, not so much entertain, but to inspire my, my, my audiences um, to, uh, to utilize, to utilize the, the the lyrics that I am bringing forward to, to change, inspire, motivate themselves um, in life.
1: And where can our listeners find you?
3: I am on um, YouTube. All of my tracks are on YouTube. Um, currently, um, looking at um, other platforms, all media, social media outlets, um, you'll find my tracks available. Um, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, uh, on uh, Instagram, um it's uh see me instagram see me twitter and again on youtube it's just punching my name that douglas i populate all of my tracks are there
1: right we are going to finish the show um by hearing your your works worthy
3: worthy is um wow worthy is a A song that I literally, literally got, um, and I'd say inspired by the almighty. Um, I was going through some phases, um, at the time, um, I wrote that song. It was 19, 19, um, No, 2013, Father's Day. Um, I was going through some some personal things um, in in my relationship then. And I was just laying on my back. And um, as things were happening around me, um, I heard a voice in my head. (laughs) And... I literally couldn't believe what I heard based on what was going on. And I basically said, what did you say? And it repeated itself. Um, Worthy, the next day, Worthy became a song. And every line in that song is what I was given. I didn't really write it. I wrote it out at the end, but it it was something that was given to me um, and I just put it on paper, and the song you're listening to is from that. I, that song was birded through an experience, and again, it's self-explanatory when you listen to the content of that song. was was powerful in terms of you know what was happening.
1: Well, thank you so much, brother, for your time today, sharing all of your stories, your journey through music. And, of course, your works.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I sincerely appreciate your time. And um, blessings to you.
1: I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to connect with this week's guest, please check out the description. The links to where you can find them are all there. And you've already heard him say where you can find him anyway. So please, if you'd like to support his works by watching the videos, by purchasing the music, or you'd maybe like to collaborate with him, please connect with him because this is what Reggae Uprising is all about. Speaking of connecting, if you would like to connect with me, please go to daniel.co.uk. So that's D-A-N-I-E al.co.uk, go to the contact page and get in touch with me if you would like to maybe feature in an up-and-coming episode, you'd like to recommend maybe a reggae artist, or maybe you've got a project that you're working on and you're like, you know what, Daniil is the woman that I need to be involved. Um, Alternatively, maybe you're a musician yourself and you would like to collaborate with some musical works with me. Please get in touch there. Alternatively, you can also get in touch by the homepage. I'll have all my social media there so you can get in touch via social media as well. Please make sure you're back here next Wednesday for a fresh and new episode. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm going to leave you with the signs of this week's guest's works worthy. As always, blessed love.
5: (music) Lord, give me your strength and make me as strong to withstand the storms I face every day. Give me the courage to proclaim victory in my journey of life and the mountains I've climbed. Make me and mold me, redeem and console me in your loving arms. Be the light that guides my path. Humble my spirit, purify my thoughts. All my trust and faith is in you, Lord. Nothing or no one can do the thing.